Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. This week we're going to continue in that same flow. Today we're going to speak from the subject of, as written there, let's shake it up. We're going to shake some things up with good Christian character. Now this may not be an exciting message that'll make you hang from the chandeliers, but if you do it, the Lord will bless you and you'll live a better life. Hallelujah. Are you with me, everybody? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Here we go. As we talk about Christian character, this is, of course, developing. This is a part of our leadership uh, training material. And some of you will see this on other days. But this is something that we need to see here uh, tonight in the body. And I pray you with me. Let's talk about character. What is character? I'm glad you asked. What is character? Character has about eight definitions I'm going to give you tonight. About eight definitions. One, character is the combination of qualities or features that distinguishes one person, group, or thing from another. It's the combination of qualities or features that distinguishes. Uh, Two, a distinguishing feature or attribute as of an individual, a group, or a category. It is also something that sets you apart from the rest. See the little MSV there? That's the Mark Stroud version. Something that sets you apart from the rest. Character. It's the manner or mannerisms or your manner or your mannerisms. It, it is your attribute, your, your feature, your identity, your trademark. Something that sets you apart from something else. That's character. What sets you apart from something else. Something that sets you apart from the rest. Character. If someone does not have character, then that simply means that you can lump them along with the rest. There is no difference, no distinguishing marks. Are you with me? How many of you know that the Lord has called us to have good Christian character? Character is a thing, again, that sets you apart from the rest. And you'll see that here tonight in the name of the Lord. Character. All right, let's talk about Christian character. What is Christian character? Number one, Christian character is being salt and light in the middle of a decaying dark world being salt and light in the middle of a decaying dark world we're going to really look at the sight or rather at the um, the salt portion of this tonight christian character is also uh taking or showing the ways of jesus christ to the people Taking the ways of Jesus Christ, so showing his ways to the people, to the culture that is around you. The Lord Jesus said plainly, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are separate. We are unique. And that separateness or that uniqueness is wrapped up in the word character. Character. It is a shame every day of the week. When you have preachers or evangelists or teachers or churchgoers or those that call themselves Christians living 
just as horribly as the world does with no repentance or though rather no repentance and no remorse. We cannot live the way that they live. Uh, it is a shame before God when those that call themselves Christians are still shacking up, still uh, having sex before marriage. There are those that call themselves Christians that uh, they are having homosexual relationships or lesbian relationships living as the world does. Now, I want to cut it real close to you tonight because we're talking about having good Christian character. There must be a difference. Now, you name the sin. There's no great sin or small sin. It's all just sin. You name it. But it should not be named among us. Hallelujah. Told you it may not make you shout, but I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. Are you with me? Let's look further. Let's talk about the salt that we just mentioned a moment ago. Salt. And I've got it for you there on the screen. And it comes from Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number 13. And it says, now this is the New Living Translation. You can read it with me. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and read it first of all out of the King James. Matthew 5, verse 13. Are you with me? Let's read it out of the King James Version. Most of you have the King James. And, it's, and it reads like this. The Lord Jesus speaking. How do we know he's speaking? It's in red. Isn't that wonderful? He says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the, if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Let's read 14, 15, 16. It says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on and heel cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Doesn't say before God, by the way. It says before men. In other words, men will get the benefit of your light. Men. Men, M-E-N. Not just man, not just a man or male, but men as in mankind, as men as in man, woman, boy, or girl. Are you with me? Men, mankind will get the benefit of your light. Not God. He already got enough light. He is light. Are you with me? People will get the benefit of your light. He says, let your light shine uh, before men that they, say they, they, that they may see your good works. That they may see your good works. That they may see your good works, right? And glorify and glorify your Father which is in heaven. All right. People are going to see your good works. We're going to get back into PowerPoint in just a moment. People are going to see your good works. People are. You're going to influence people uh, by uh, your good Christian witness, by your lifestyle. You're going to influence them either to the good or to the bad. Are you with me? Let's look at the New Living Translation here in Matthew 5, 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. I love the way it says. That's why we got it on the screen for you. It says, you are the salt of the earth. 
But what good is salt if it has lost its what? If it's lost its flavor. Can you make it salty again? It will be what? Thrown out and trampled underfoot as what? As worthless. It's worthless. Say worthless. It says you are the salt of the earth. Let's talk about that salt. Salt. Say salt three times. Salt. 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 There we go. Salt. The, the Lord Jesus compares us to salt. We are not salt, but we are compared to salt, aren't we? We are not salt. I am not in a salt shaker right now. You can't shake me. Now, from time to time, some of us may have a dandruff problem. If you shake our head, you may see some white stuff come out. But I assure you, it's not salt. Are you with me? I will still be a little bit of comical tonight. We can't help it. You know that. But understand, the Lord compares us to salt. So that gives us some questions. Two questions it asks us. Or we should ask, one, what is salt, right? Question number two, what is its purpose? Now, the Lord compared us to salt, did he not? Right? Didn't he say you are salt? Right? We know that he's speaking figuratively, not literally, right? He wasn't saying, give me that salt shake on that table over there, please. Praise the Lord. Let me... Somebody listened by radio and by internet wondering, how, why is there salt in the room? Well, we just had Wednesday night dinner and Bible study. Praise the Lord. We had dinner and now we're in Bible study. I'm holding salt in my hand right now for those of you that are listening. The Lord is not calling us this. I am not in this bottle. You are not in this bottle, right? So he's not using uh, literal language, but he's using figurative language. He's saying we are like salt. Right. So if the creator of the universe, the one that made salt is saying that I am like salt, then I need to know what salt is, because when I find out what salt is, I will know what I am like. Are you catching the flow tonight? If I find out what this is and what this does, I'll find out more about me. You find out more about you. When you understand this simple thing, a simple thing like table salt. Are you with me, everybody? So let's begin to, to answer some of those questions. Questions. The first question, of course, is what is salt? What is salt? On the screen you see that another picture of a little salt shaker there. And uh, the salt shaker has under it is written... This salt shaker also contains grains of what? Rice. Grains of rice, which, um, which some use to prevent caking, right? One thing you want to know about salt as well, since the Lord Jesus compares us to salt, he says that we are like salt. Didn't he say we are like salt? Amen. He said we are like salt. So if I find out what salt is and how salt acts and how salt reacts to its environment... I'll find out something about me. One thing you know about salt is when it rains, it begins to clump up, doesn't it? The moisture causes it to clump up. Well, that's like you, the born-again believer, those of you that are believers. Because when it rains, when times get hard, when times get rough, 
we clump up together. We stick together. We get even closer together. There are stronger bonds between us when it pours in life, when there is pouring in life. Not talking about the physical rain that falls out the clouds, but when hard times hit, rainy times, rainy days, we begin to cleave one to another. Could you, we say things like, would you pray for me? Could you pray for me? I'm in trouble. Could you do this and that? We begin to cleave one to another. We're like so. Hallelujah. Let's look on down at the definition there. Salt. Salt is a colorless or white crystalline solid, chiefly sodium chloride, used extensively as a food seasoning, number one, and preservative. Also called common salt, table salt. It produces one of the four basic taste sensations. That is not sweet, sour, or bitter. There are four basic taste sensations. Salty, bitter, sweet, sour. Are you with me? Four basic taste sensations. When you put something in your mouth, your tongue is trying to get one of those taste sensations out of it. There are four basic sensations. Salty. Here again, you need to know this. Salty, uh, sour, bitter, or sweet. Are you with me? Four basic taste sensations. So one, we know already uh, that salt uh, is chiefly composed or is made of sodium chloride. Now, why in the world is that important? You'll see that on the next one as, it, as we deal with the purpose, of, the purpose of salt. Now, why are we going through all this stuff? It doesn't make any difference. Why are we going through salt? Because it, if you understand what it is, you'll understand who you are. If you understand what it does, you understand what you are supposed to do. Because the one who created salt said that you were like salt. Hallelujah. So what's the purpose? What's the purpose of it? Uh, Salting, especially of meat, is an ancient uh, preservation technique. The salt draws out moisture... And creates an environment inhospitable to what? Bacteria. If salted in cold weather, so that the meat, uh, if, if you salt meat in cold weather, uh, you do that so that the meat does not spoil while the salt has time to take effect. Salted meat can last for what? It can last for years. Salted meat can last for years. Well, what does salt do when you put it on raw meat? It actually, uh, the sodium chloride actually begins to displace uh, the, the elements of hydrogen. Now, water is made up of uh, three parts, two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen, right? That's why they call water H2O. H2, meaning two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen. So if you displace or remove hydrogen, there is no more moisture. And that's what salt does. Salt comes in and makes a, div- makes a division. It pushes away the hydrogen, talking about naturally here, and it just leaves the, os- the oxygen there, uh, which in essence dries the meat. Look what it says here. Uh, the salt draws out moisture and creates an environment inhospitable to bacteria. 
Are you with me, everybody? The salt, when you put that on that raw meat, when you put it on raw meat, what it does, it makes the meat, uh, after, after a time, it makes it where you can eat it. All right. Salt draws out moisture and creates an environment inhospitable to bacteria. So when you have raw meat, and they use this chiefly, you know, back in ancient times when there was no freezer, right? There was no freezer, no refrigerator. So they had to learn how to keep meat for long times. Isn't that right? So what they found out was that salt was able to keep meat fresh for years if they were to keep it. If first of all, they keep they had it in a cold environment uh, in the beginning, they, they would dump that meat, put that meat inside the salt there and that salt would get in the meat and begin to dry it out. Right. Then they could keep that meat for years without it uh, having the bacteria. And of course, the bacteria, bad bacteria would kill you if you ate it. Are you with me? All right. Now, listen, going into the purposes again. Uh, chloride and sodium ions, the two major components of salt, are necessary for the survival of all known living creatures, including human beings. Salt is necessary for all living things on the planet. Think about that. As we talk about salt, what it is, what it does, so we can find out who we are, as we talk about it, we find out that it is necessary. Jesus told you that you are like the thing that is necessary for all life on this planet. You think about that. Isn't that amazing? Salt is necessary for the survival of all living creatures, including humans, on the earth. Without salt, we couldn't survive. Understand that. And even in your own human body... God uses that salt to uh, measure out or give you a balance of the water that you have in there. If you have a balance of things, your body will, uh, the salt helps you to maintain that fluid in your body. But if you have too much of it, it will cause problems. If you drink or eat too much salt, it will cause problems in your physical body. Are you with me, everybody? So it helps you maintain the fluids in your body. Salt. We'll get into the scripture in just a moment, but you've got to understand what we're talking about tonight as we talk about salt. So first of all, we know uh, that salt is used to preserve. It is used to season, right? We'll get to the seasoning in a moment. It is also used to preserve. It preserves. It preserves flesh. It preserves flesh. Meat. You know, meat is flesh, right? It preserves flesh. So why did God put you down here? Why did he make you? Why did he allow you to become a Christian? So that your lifestyle could preserve flesh. Those that are around you, those that are not born again, your lifestyle, your light, your witness for Christ can preserve them. That's why the Lord says also there in the, in the, uh, in the New Testament, uh, if the unsaved uh, husband is Rather, if the, the wife is saved, but the husband is not saved, and if they be pleased to dwell together, well, then dwell together. But it says that the unsaved husband is sanctified by the wife, and vice versa. Hallelujah. Sanctified. If one is there and is submitted and committed to Christ Jesus, well, then the unsaved spouse gets sanctified or preserved by them because they are salt in the relationship. 
It goes further throughout the Word of God. Further throughout the Word of God. Well, let's talk about what sight does, what, what, uh, what salt does. What does salt do or what salt, what does it mean? What does all this mean we're just talking about? Number one, of course, it means that mankind is like raw meat that is decaying from ignorance and wickedness. Uh, salt was sent to preserve them from destruction. So if we're living improperly around other people that are not saved, not born again, you're defeating the very purpose for which Christ came into your life. You are salt and you're meant to preserve. The next one here. People are meant to taste life with or under the influence of the church, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and see that the Lord is good, thus realizing that life is better with him than without him. When you have certain food, it tastes better with salt, doesn't it? Tastes better with a little salt. Now, people are tasting life now. And for some of them, it's a very bad taste. But a little salt would season it and make it taste so much better. So when you come in with your witness, with your lifestyle, you may not think that you're doing anything or, or even that they're even hearing you at all. But I assure you, the Lord said that you are like salt. And you're number one, you're preserving them. And number two, they can taste the effects of your Christianity. And if they taste it, they'll see that the Lord is good and life is better with God than without him. The third one, if the believer's lifestyle is corrupt, listen, if the believer's lifestyle is corrupt or is tainted, and that's, that's the part of the verse that says, if the salt have lost its savor, if the salt has lost its flavor, if your lifestyle is corrupt, it will have no taste, no power, no influence on the culture. This would mean that our witness for God has no effect and is of no value to anyone. You understand? So if we are, as Christians, still living lives, still living a double life, we're one way in church and another way in front of other quote-unquote Christians, but when we go somewhere else, when we get behind closed doors, when we get out when we get away from the church and we act somewhere else act a different way well we are tainting uh, our witness before people we have lost our savor uh, the very place that you're meant to be salty is not in here with other salt with other salt but you're meant to be salty out there where there is no salt but we get it mixed up we think we need to come in and act holy, look holy, wear the fancy clothes, look prosperous, and look all this way. And what we're doing is bringing salt around more salt. That's not going to help or influence anyone. That's not the purpose. See, here again, unless you understand the purpose of a thing, you're going to misuse a thing. This is why the Lord told us, you're salt. You're salt. You're salt. 
Listen, when, if you get some French fries from McDonald's or Burger King or, or Wendy's, and if they're already caked on with a bunch of salt, will you put more salt on it? If it's already salty, are you going to put more salt on it? If you get some food you, and you, before you, that's why my mama always told me, taste it before you put something on it. Because some stuff already is salty. You know, and it has, so salt has no definition. It, it, it corrupts the whole flavor of the whole thing. You're putting more stuff on it, right? It doesn't, need, it doesn't do you any good to pour more salt on salt. You pour salt over there on other food that needs it, right? That will enhance the flavor of it. Let's go to the next. We look at 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 14 through 18. We're going to see something else here. Verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Talking about salt, right? Not mixing together. It says, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what accord have Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not it the unclean thing, and I will do what? And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, there must be a difference. Please go on to the next. We, we are to live salty lives. We talked about Colossians on last week, Colossians 3, verse 12 through 14. The first one there, you'll find there, the Lord tells us, now we're talking about being salty. We saved you that you got to be salty. Well, how am I supposed to be salty? What am I supposed to do? Well, the Bible tells you there's a flurry of things in the Bible where the Lord Jesus tells you to do and how to be salty, how to be different, how to make people uh, thirsty for the gospel of Christ. Well, the first one, of course, is be quick to forgive all those that offend you. Forgive them completely. When people see that, you are salting their lives. You're salting. You're shaking it up. You're shaking up the salt. I mean, the... Uh, the uh, container there, you're shaking it up and salt is going on their lives. Now, who are you forgiving and how are they going to see that salt? How are they going to taste it? Well, when someone else uh, offends you in the workplace and they know that they offended you and you forgive them completely, that salts. When they offend you, but you say, I forgive you and you don't hold it over their heads. What are you doing? You're salting. You can't see this without offense, without an offense. You can't truly see the salt without some type of offense. The second one is be kind to each other. Give at your own expense. Give. Go out of your way. When you go out of your way for someone else, you're salting. When you are humble, you're salting. When you are gentle with people, you're salting. 
When you have patience with others, you're doing what? You're salting. And when you are tender-hearted, you're salting. Right? Anybody can be hard-hearted. Anybody can be rude and abrasive. Anybody can be that way. But salt is when we are tender. Not to those that deserve it, but to those that don't deserve it. The Lord said plainly, what reward have you if you love those that love you? What reward have you if you salute those or kiss those or be kind to those that are kind to you? That's not salt. That's here again, that's salt on salt. That's light on light. Makes no difference. Let's look at some more. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse 43 through 47. First thing the Lord says is do what? Love your enemies. Well, how can I be salty? How, how, how can I have good Christian character? What am I supposed to do? I hope you're listening. Love your enemies. What's the next one? Bless them that curse you. Let me add a word. Out. Bless them that curse you. Out. Because there are some folk that will curse you. Out. The Lord does not say render curse for curse. He says bless those that curse you. What are you doing when you bless them? Shaking it up. You adding the salt. Third thing the Lord says is what? Do good to them that hate you. What are you doing? Adding the salt. They know what they did to you. They know what they said to you. They know how they treated you. And you overcome that evil with good? What are you doing? You're shaking it up. You're adding that salt. All on their lives. And when you pray for those who persecute you, you know you haven't done anything wrong, but they're always on your back about something. And you pray for them? Prayer comes out of you? You're shaking it up. You're adding that salt. The Lord said that you are the salt. Now listen to this verse out of the Message Bible. I just love the way it reads out of the Message Bible. It's going to bless you. Listen to what it says. Verse 43 through 47. Matthew 5th chapter, verse 43 through 47. It says, you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend. And its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all of you do, if all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. 
Live out your God-created identity. Give generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. I love the way that says that. That was the Message Bible, the fifth chapter, verses 43 through 47. And finally, we're saying this. You got to shake it up. You got to shake it up. Be a salty Christian today. You got to shake it up. That's why the world is so confused. They don't know what to think about Christians. They see the preachers on the TV. They see the preachers in the shacks and chains. Another adultery relationship. Another, another this one. Another that one. They're so confused they don't know what to do. But what do we do in the house of God? We get around each other and act all holy around each other here. And we get out there and act like the world. And they have to remind, they have to, we, they have to remind someone, I thought you were saved. I thought you were saved. I thought you were saved. When the world has reminded you of your relationship with Christ, something's wrong. Have they done it? Of course they have. But it's time to be salty. It's time to shake it up. I pray you've heard the word of God tonight. We are done. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.